When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Psych, what's up, Raptors? <clears throat> it's me, Aiden Moss, all by my lonesome. Everybody's busy on the Saturday, but I don't care because we just saw the Toronto Raptors pull one out against the uh, Dallas Mavericks 105 100 in Toronto. Um, a, it didn't look good early on. I have to say, that first uh, eight minutes, it felt like, I don't know, if you ever walk into a gym and your hands are cold and your body's cold or whatever, it, it looked like that. The boys came out and they were flat. It looked like they hadn't shot a basketball before. They had zero oomph in their, uh, in their, in their offense, in their defense. It just looked kind of like they weren't in this one early and it was going to be a quick exit. And then things turned around. Um and we saw, so yeah, first first quarter we had an air ball. We had four turnovers. Thaddeus was dropping the ball. Everybody was kind of struggling. Dallas had four, four or five, I think four corner threes in that first quarter. Um, and we'll talk about the, the defensive scheme against Luka Doncic. Uh, I guess it one could argue that it worked. Uh, I'm not so sure. But regardless, we'll talk about that. Um, and then we got saved by the one and only Freddie V. He, uh, he pulled it out early for us, hitting some big jumpers, um, you know, controlling traffic or sorry, controlling the offense a little bit, bringing it back together. Chris Boucher comes in. They tried to keep him out as long as they could as the sixth man. And we just, we didn't have the, you know, you're lacking energy. You go, you go straight to Chris Boucher and he was, uh, he was phenomenal tonight. Let's take a look. He uh, 10 for 19, 22 points, 13 boards. He just played a really good game. And it all just kind of came together. The guys, um, they they figured it out. They, let's see. They just kind of relaxed a little bit. They saw the, the hoops drop. They saw the buckets drop a couple times. Um, they got some stops on the defensive end. It helps when Dallas starts missing those threes. And I think one thing that they did start stop doing uh, on the defensive end is they stopped doubling Luca just randomly, right? They and I, I it's funny because I tweeted this just prior to it happening, or at least thought about it. I don't know, whatever. No LeBron James, but in my head, I'm like, can we just let OG guard Luca straight up and live with whatever happens? And they made that adjustment, kind of. Um, they did do that, and they stopped just doubling Luca in the middle of the court, which is just leading to a complete disaster zone elsewhere uh, on the offensive end. The only other times they were doubling, which they did a lot of, was on the pick and roll, and that still kind of got us into trouble. You can see how Luca finds these angles no matter what. Um, there was a late one in that fourth quarter where he kind of st- 
leans forward and has the easy bounce pass into the middle. He does the behind the back. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know what I, what I would have done necessarily, but I think the, the doubling just does definitely wasn't working um, for the most part. And even in the pick and roll, you know, I guess they're just like, let's make other people score. But over and over again, we had uh, wide open shots um, at different parts of the court. And it's just very frustrating to see, not to mention just wearing our guys thin, right? Like, there's one position where Boucher sprints to the baseline, jumps into the stands. They swing the ball. Boucher runs back, jumps into the stands in the other corner. Like, it's a, it's a difficult... Um, it's a, it's difficult to do for the the majority of the game, but they they did the best uh, that they could. What else? What else stood out to us? OG had a solid night. I I swear to God, the referees are just so hard on OG. It's just relentless. Like I know he travels, um, but they just I I've never seen so many travels called on one dude. He uh, offensive foul after offensive foul, and I and and they're not all offensive fouls like. The, he does create a lot of contact, and he is learning how to do that without um, being reckless. And he has more balance, so it's not so violent. But then they're still calling it on him, and it's just very frustrating. But props to OG, man, because he didn't let that get him down. You know, like, he missed a couple of bunnies. He missed a couple of step backs. He got called on a couple of travels and, and offensive fouls, and he still went at it. He still kept going. Um, and I think, uh, shout out Max Pusemko, he uh, texted me and and said, you know, like he noted how like aggressive and confident OG is. And it's it's true. I'm, if there's a silver lining in this, uh, this spell of injuries, it's been that OG has become, a, I don't want to say mature, but just like a more mature player. Like it is... His baseline confidence is that I can score whenever I want to. I just gotta not do these like little make these little mistakes. Like he knows he can get where he wants to go, and he's doing that uh, relentlessly. And I I love that. I love to watch it for the like I said the good and the bad. I love to watch it all. You're seeing the growth before your very eyes. And then at the other, he finally hit a three. Thank God, because he's been real cold. I think he's at like twenty eight percent over the last. Um, 10 games or so. Um, and then he's playing defense against the MVP of the league, arguably, you know, and he did a pretty good job. I think when Luca wasn't in a pick and roll action and it was just straight up on OG, he did score at the end there, even though OG played great defense. I think he probably had about 12 points on OG one-on-one, but two of those came from, you know, hand in the face, step back threes. This is like, doesn't matter what defender you are. Those are, those are literally unguardable. Um, so I, like another great game from OG, not the best. He had five turnovers, most of those fouls and travels. Um, he played 43 minutes, shot 47%, two for, two for four from three. Finally, uh, a a solid three point shooting night, 26 points. So he played great. Absolutely great. Um, yeah, I feel like, thanks Keon. I feel like I'm OG tonight. I'm just, I'm doing it all. I'm going to have to do the producing. I'm going to have to do the editing. Jesus, I'm going to have to do it all. But so we're going to get, uh, we're going to get you all involved early. So if you have questions or you have thoughts you want me to bring up, do so. Cause I don't like doing a monologue for 25 minutes. Um, 
Let's go with some negatives first. Uh, Malachi Flynn, he didn't. He got a short leash. Poor guy. Um, he, he, you know that the, that second was in the second quarter when they had. I think it was Flynn, Doughton. Oh God, I don't know who else. Birch maybe, and it was just like the offense was just you know bleeding out. It was very tough to watch. Doughton had a nice take on a Flynn baseline kick to him. Um, but Flynn didn't last very long. He just kind of he exactly he who is Flynn? Jesse says like he, he looked just kind of like this was the the end days for him. Um, Gary had a tough one, twenty seven minutes, but he I don't think he played the fourth quarter. He uh, three for twelve, another really abysmal night from three point line, one for five. Uh, he finally hit one. He also hit one uh, post whistle, which is too bad. That's always how it goes when you're in these shooting spells, right? You get you hit the one that doesn't count. Um, he did have four steals, and I thought his defense was much better. It's not really all about the steals, although of course that helps. But he uh, he was a lot more disciplined um, to the best that he could, anyway. Uh, now I'm rem- remembering that that really bad uh, bench lineup had Gary in it. It was the three guards with Gary. Uh, Flynn and Doughton, it was just, it was not pretty. But yeah, I think Gary's defense was fine, but, you know, the, uh, I think Nurse's patience is, is um, thinning out with, with Gary. The thing about Gary is that, like, you know, you're going to live and die with the way he plays, right? Which is, like, jacking at his own pace, keeping the ball, uh to himself when maybe he like there are better plays to do or more uh, ball movement, more ball movement will be better. But so, yeah, I think nurse has publicly said that he's a little bit disappointed with Gary's defense. I thought it was better today, but if he's not going to be scoring offensively, um, you know, and part of it is also like who we're playing, right? I think Dallas is smaller. So you'd think Gary would be better out there, but with Luca, who's just so big and strong, you kind of need a guy like Wancho to be your uh, second guard, quote-unquote, because when you're doing all these switches, one, you need to be long and de- principled, uh, have strong defensive principles, but also if you do get switched on to Luka, you're a bigger body. And, uh, you know, we, we saw how Luka just eats up Freddie or would eat up Gary in these switches. So I think that was part of it too. Not to mention Wancho, going back to the positive, Four for six, two for four from three, five boards, uh, 10 points. Wancho and Thaddeus bring a different kind of basketball to this Raptors team. And I I feel like I've seen enough games now where the Raptors fail when the ball sticks their hands. Like, sure, Freddie has these great possessions where he hits like these high arcing threes or he finally gets to the rim. But, but, the Raptors are best when the ball is moving. I mean, most teams are best when the ball is moving, except maybe Dallas, although they lost tonight. Um, and the the best play of the game was a driving kick. I'm getting off topic. But the best play of the game was a driving kick. Boucher swings the ball, another driving kick, and they find OG in the corner for three. Like, those are that's the best kind of basketball you can play in my opinion, and it it pays dividends later on because it tires the defense, blah, blah, blah. All that to say is that I think having Thaddeus and Wancho on the floor encourages that kind of stuff. First of all, Wancho's not going to really create 
in isolation. Thaddeus can a little bit, but he missed a bunch of his uh, flip shots today, which is too bad because I had a prop on Thad. But um, Thad out of that elbow is just awesome. And Wancho and Boucher were just feasting off of his passes, cutting baseline, cutting from the weak side. Wancho had two, uh, two layups that he cut weak side. I think he might have missed another one. And those guys are just like... They know basketball in a. Um, they know that getting their buckets and get and having their own impact on the game means cutting without the ball, means passing, means you know, um, like relying on others' uh, cutting and ball movement to to get the ball back in a position to score. So, I like this team really lacked that last year. Um, we had a lot of static rotation players and. It's not like Thad's like this awesome creator, but he does give us a, like a little bit more dyna- dynamic dynamism uh, in that in that those lineups. And Wancho feeds off of that. You can see like guys like Doughton and Wancho really like rely on guys like Thad who are scanning the court and looking for dudes. Um, so yeah, I think Thad, Thad was one for six, which was atypical for him. He's uh, been averaging, I think, about 10 points as a starter. So he, and at least four of those were buckets that should have gone in. Um, yeah, I do have a gambling problem, but uh, but it's, I bet small amounts. So what, actually, I won a couple prop bets today. Maybe we can get to that if you want to know. But anyway, um, yeah, Thaddeus had an atypical scoring night, but it didn't really matter. His defense was great, and uh, he had those turnovers in the first quarter hindered him. But other than that, I thought he had a good game. Um, I had a thought I was going to talk about. but Oh, I you know what I wanted to say was uh, Freddie had 10 free throw attempts. He was 9 for 10 tonight. That is the kind of Freddie we want to see uh, moving forward. Like... When I say I hate Freddie being in isolation, it's like I can't stand when he's doing those dribble combos at the top of the three and then just hoisting. But when he's in isolation and he's threading uh, defenses and getting to the rim, or he, he had that great one where he kind of like 360 spun dribble and then found somebody. I can't remember. Oh, Birch on the roll. Um, like that kind of stuff I love. But getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line, that's like... When you're uh, kind of at a plateau offensively, and Freddie's plateau is really good, but if you want to get to that next level, <clears throat> free throws are where it's at, right? Like creating contact, creating fouls. And Freddie typically creates contact, but in a really poor way. Like he throws his body into guys, and, and refs don't call it, and he misses the layup, uh, miss, yeah, misses the shot or the layup. So um, it was good to see that he was aggressive early. And and got those free throws. Um, what do we want to go? Where do we want to go? Boucher is just... He had 13 rebounds, 5 offensive rebounds. I saw a stat tweeted out. Dallas in the first quarter gathered 23% of uh, available rebounds. Uh, defensive rebounds. I've, their defensive rebounding percentage was 23%. 23%. That means the Raptors either on those shots either scored or re- got the offensive rebound in that first quarter. Like I Boucher at one point out rebounded the entire team, a Dallas team, I'm pretty sure in the first quarter. Like hit he is now like we are I this might be an overstatement. 
but we might be witness we are witnessing like greatness in rebounding like i truly am just absolutely flabbergasted by how boucher is constantly in the right place at the right time and he has a knack which i've never seen before drawing fouls on rebounds like he drew a foul uh on a defensive rebound but he always draws fouls on the offensive rebounds because he's just like slithering into places and getting between players and the ball and forcing them to either like let him get the uh, the offensive board or or give him a push in the back. I think Boucher's got a great sounding uh, dramatic. I just got fouled like kind of grunt. I don't think Pascal has Pascal's got to work on his, but but Boucher's got a great one. So he does embellish, but um, it's actually insane how good he is at it. And you know, I saw a lot of tweets about him. You know, potentially being the sixth man of the year, and and hundred percent. You know, I mean, if he's going to Boucher is truly at his best when he's just cutting and grinding and rebounding and hoisting the odd shot. Like, I really hate when he tries to do anything in isolation. And when he's not, this team thrives from his energy. Like, he, it's just it's endless. It's endless. And he's not affected by other, you know, you can you can see guys who like um, like their they lose their energy because the team's not doing well and whatever else <clears throat> but Boucher is just like a constant like he's he's non-stop just energy all the time all the time because he knows that's how he gets paid and when it, the sooner he figured out the better off he was and I really think guys like Precious can take notes from him and Thad and Wancho for that matter it's like just stick to the shit you know how to do well and the other stuff will come in time right and I, OG is another good example. Like that dude just played defense all the time as hard as he can. Then he became a spot up shooter. Then he became like the odd post up guy dunk. And now he's becoming like a full arsenal, like offensive player. Um, and I think Precious can really take a lot of n- notes from that and other young guys too. of just like how to balance, um, development and execution at the same time so props to chris boucher man um you know what what the hell i'll do the canon tax man of the night it's going to our boy chris boucher that's 22 points 13 boards five offensive rebounds uh five free throw attempts which is also good to see only one foul um congrats chris boucher we're giving you the canon tax man of the night that's canamtax.com. Go check them out. They'll help you with your personal taxes, your business taxes. You've heard the shtick. Um, a proud partner of the Raptors Republic. We appreciate it. Uh, moving right along. What else do we want to talk about? I got notes. Uh, let's see here. Mm-mm-mm. Wancho Cuts. Loved him. Um... OG with just his aggression. Also loved it. Um, the final play, I don't know if we want to talk about that on the defensive end. Obviously, uh, th- it was the one time double teaming the pick and roll actually worked. But the only reason why that worked was because Dallas needed a three, right? So Kleba is like wide open and you see that every single Raptor um, stays home. And so like, you know, good instructions from Nurse, don't don't worry about the roller, just stick with your guys. And then Kleba's like kind of at a loss. And Alvin mentioned, you know, they didn't use Dinwiddie as the roller this time, who probably would have been a better 
option because Kleba's a good three-point shooter and, and Dinwiddie would have been been more comfortable in that situation. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. And, uh, yeah, so that worked out well. The, the one time doubling the pick and roll worked was because they needed the three. So good final possession. Luca was eight for 15, uh, only nine free throw attempts. Nine assists, he he and four turnovers, twenty-four points. Like let's go, OG baby. Like that's uh he should be proud of that. Um Nurse's strategy was obviously like we're gonna make other people beat us. And the last game that that didn't work. This game it did work. Um, you know, a lot of that has to do with shooting. When when these kinds of teams roll in, I mean we're kind of like this too. It's like if you hit your threes, we're effed. If you don't hit your threes, like we got a chance. Um, Klebo's one for three. Bullock was zero for four. Finney Smith took nine attempts. I don't even really remember that, but he was three for nine. Uh, Dinwiddie was three for eight. Hardaway was zero for three. Josh Green was zero for three. Only guys that shot well were Wood two for four, Doncic two for four. So, um, you know, you kind of live and die by. Uh, sometimes the most simplest strategies, right? Like these three pointers. I, how do we shoot? We were eight for twenty six. We were no better. But you know, we had a lot more going to the rim, and and Dallas is one of the few teams where we have more playmakers and creators than they do. Like they, you know, uh, Bullock's not doing anything with off the dribble. Finney Smith's restricted. Powell does nothing. Tim Hardaway's really struggled. It's just basically Dinwiddie Wood and and and. Uh, Doncic. So, um, yeah, the strategy paid off tonight. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the refs, but uh, I will say that, and I've talked about this a lot, but the NBA has a massive problem when in the final five minutes of a very tight, very exciting game, there are three separate reviews. Like, that just can't happen. Not to mention that the three reviews have nothing to do with the blatant misses that they they did make and did not uh, rectify right the the big one being the um, the throwaway where OG didn't touch the ball and it just went out of bounds and OG would have gotten the steal like he could have just taken it but he knew better like he knew it was going to be their ball and then we'd have an inbound play off the baseline like it was a smart idea um, so I really just think generally the NBA has got to figure their shit out with this stuff like. Uh, yeah, we we don't need to review every hit in the head, and um, I they're not solving what that's setting out to do. So I think it's just like kind of a, a big disappointment uh, or a, a big like challenge that they have moving forward that they need to to figure out. But um, whatever, refs are refs. I'm not I'm not going to complain. Okay, so I'm going to move right to questions. Because I've rambled long enough. I got some that I saved. Uh, David Griffiths asks, what is the path to a decent half-court offense when playoff teams inevitably slow us down? You know, if I wish I had the answers that I could uh, give Nick Nurse. And maybe I could, you know, write him a letter. I do think so much of what we're seeing that works is <clears throat> um, operating in that, that mid-range uh, where a lot of our guys are able to to attack, like 
for example, OG is not a great attacker from the perimeter. Um, Pascal looked pretty good, but he really likes to you know bring guys into the mid range down low. I really like when we run sets like horns, um, where we get guys at the high post that can kind of uh, you know hit the jumper if it's there, attack and ISO because they're really close. They're much closer to the hoop. They're longer. They're more athletic. They can get there, um, and there's a lot more passing going on. Like from that angle right you can see a lot a bigger part of the uh floor so i like i've always been a big advocate of having scotty in that spot having og in that spot pascal whatever this is when the pascal isos and stuff aren't working um i really think this team is just so much better when they're moving the ball and they're getting guys downhill that's another thing i've talked about before like when Scotty is in motion getting the ball and OG is in motion getting the ball, they are devastating, right? And OG is learning how to slow himself down, find balance, make the pass. His, like, his assists have been going up. What, what do we got tonight? I don't, he had two assists, which is like, I think his over-under is two and a half. So it's, you know, they're starting to, to bounce up. Uh, and Scotty's obviously a great passer. So I would like to just see more... Offense is designed to either get these guys in the post, high post, where they can kind of operate and then have actions moving off of those or have them in actions themselves so that they're getting two spots with momentum where the defense is shifting. And it's easier said than done, I know, but, you know, dribble handoffs is a good one. Um, pick and rolls is a good one, too, if you're hitting the roller and then you have actions off of those. So that, that would be kind of my answer. Um but, you know, a lot of the when it comes to playoffs and we're slowed down, a lot of it does come down to shooting because otherwise defenses are just going to, you know, retreat and, and force us to shoot. So um, let's see what else. Jesse asked, can we talk about Fred has been using the screen and pop role more effectively this season with non-Pascal players? Yeah, I mean, this kind of is a good segue from David Griffith, Griffith's question, too, is that, you know, Freddie uh, has been pretty effective in the pick and roll. I'd, I'd be interested to look up his numbers and see uh, exactly what they're at. But, um, you know, having an, a secondary pick and roll kind of option off to Pascal has been great. Um, and, yeah, I think he makes a lot of big guys better like Birch obviously had a couple of nice little pick and roll actions with Freddie tonight Coloco has been a favorite of his with the lob like I think having a big with Freddie in the pick and roll is a good option for when we're resting guys and maybe um sitting Pascal so you're right I I have liked to see that a lot um Guru Shisha asks if Nurse decides to bench Gary who starts in his place you guys tell me. I don't know. I um, I think Thad has been great, but I, I think obviously, yeah, I advocated for Thad starting at the beginning of the year. I, it doesn't really make sense when you have Scotty in there too. I think it's just going to be team defend dependent. Um, it's probably it's probably Coloco because I don't think Coloco again. It'll depend who we're matching up with, but I don't think. Coloco can't really come off the bench by himself, right? Unless you're pairing his minutes with Freddie. But I think, you know, Coloco doesn't need the ball. He'll just set screens. He'll just, he'll do kind of the Boucher things of like getting hands on balls, um, mixing it up, kind of hustling. I'm not saying he's like the answer, but I think he might be kind of, uh, you know, that four minute, five minute starter. 
and then you kind of start to get in your rotations. That, that would be who I like off the top of my head. Just because I like OG uh, in the shooting guard spot, and I like and then Scotty and Pascal have a little bit more space. I just think we have too many guys who want want the ball. And Thad is good at not having the ball and doing his thing, but he's actually better when you do operate around him. Like, you know, even Otto Porter Jr. might be an option. Even Wancho, if he's playing this well, and OPJ's out for a while because of his toe. Um, but I think you want a guy who doesn't need the ball. Like, low touches, low volume, understands, like, hit their role and just plays it to the best of their ability until you start uh, rotating guys in. So, yeah, Porter Jr. might be the option. I mean, I've been advocating for Gary to come off the bench all year. And this might be the a moment to do it when he's struggling and he's not playing in the fourth quarter. It's like, yo, look, we want to get you back back in the flow of things. We're going to bring you in as the second unit so you can kind of like lead lead the way. I don't know. Maybe that's a better sell now that he's struggling so much. So, yeah, it depends if you want to go big, you want to go small. I get Coloco hasn't been the best defensively. His foul rate is through the roof. Um, but Freddie loves to play with him, and I think uh, he enables our four very good defenders to be more aggressive because he's sitting there in the anchor, and he does have good defensive moments. I actually talked about him this week on Five Things. You can check it out at raptorsrepublic.com. And, uh, you know, he has these plays where he's out on the perimeter double-teaming or playing a pick-and-roll, and then he comes flying in on the weak side to, to stop a play. So he is capable of it. Um yeah, the the question is, um, or the chatter is about what do we do with Gary come trade deadline? I mean, we've seen this before, right? Norman Powell last year, or two years ago. Two years ago now? Yeah, two years ago. Um, we've seen it before, so I wouldn't be surprised if Gary is in a package for something. Um He's going to obviously ask for money that gets close to Jordan Poole or Tyler Hero. He's not going to get it. He doesn't deserve it, but he's going to ask for it. And I, uh, you know, we have too many guys coming down the, the pipeline um, to pay. You know, we're going we're gonna to have to re-up Freddie, re-up Pascal. Precious is going to be soon. Um, OG, Scotty, so... We got a lot of money, to, a lot of mouths to feed, and I don't think Gary's really earned himself. It looked like Gary really was going to be um, someone we couldn't lose. Uh, Oren and I talked about this uh, during the summertime when we were talking about the Kevin Durant and uh, Mitchell trades. Like, if we lose Gary, you know, we 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 don't really have a perimeter defender. Well, it was mostly we were talking about OG and Gary being traded at once. Like, if we lose both, we don't really have anybody who can defend on the perimeter. And then Gary's like the only guy who could create his own shot at the time uh, or hit a, hit a three. And if he's not doing those things, which he's not right now, he's uh, virtually, like he's a negative. He's a net negative, right? Like most of these guys, if they're struggling, at least at the defensive end, they're just still um, super, you know, impactful. Um, any other questions? Otherwise, this is a nice win for us. Um, we def we definitely needed it. Um, and who 
we playing next week? Or next game? We're playing... What are we playing? We're playing Wednesday? No. Monday? Someone help me out. Who are we playing next? Uh, let's see here. We got Cleveland on Monday. So that'll be nice. That'll be a nice game. Cleveland's... Uh, we sneak... Snuck a win them on our home opener, which I attended, which was very, very fun. Um, and that, thanks to poking Garland's eye out, that helped. Um, that'll be a fun game. And then, so we got to so the Dallas. So we lost two in a row. We lost to Atlanta, Brooklyn. Dallas was a nice win because we got Cleveland, and then we're on the road for New Orleans and Brooklyn. Um, you know, it's three tough teams that we're going to have to run into. We just don't play Brooklyn well, so. Yeah, so I mean, if, if no one else has any other questions, it's Saturday night. I'm going to go have a pint. Uh, you should all do the same. Um, I'll give you a sec for any more questions. Otherwise, we're getting out of here. No, we're getting out of here. Thanks, everybody. Uh, like us, subscribe to us. Come join us on Monday. Hopefully, there'll be more people here and you won't have to listen to me rant or uh, ramble for uh, 30 minutes. And appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you.